Hello and welcome to the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us. Today's message is here to help you preach the good news everywhere in your day-to-day life. Here at Covenant Fellowship, we accomplish this by encountering God, loving people, and serving others with everything we've got. Now let's dive in. Listen, uh, listen. Uh, if I don't get to see you before Christmas time uh, on Saturday, Merry Christmas to you. Know this, rest assured, your pastor loves you. I pray for you. I, I, I deeply say that. I mean, I, you say, well, that's what you're supposed to do. No, listen to me. God's put a love in my heart for you, and I want you to know that. My wife and I, we, we, we love you deeply. We pray for you consistently. We're praying and believing for what God has for your life. Yes, we want to see a church built, but church is not built in an in adamant way. It's built with people. And you can't go anywhere without people. And, uh, man, I'm so thankful for you, every one of you. Those of you that are online and not able to make it today, uh, we, we love you. I want you to know that. And uh, we're, we're believing great things for Christmas. Hey, listen, if you can, on Wednesday night, tune in with us. Uh, on Wednesday night, I want to do the Christmas story on our typical broadcast time. I want to do the Christmas story and just do some really uh, cool things, I think. Uh, online uh, with you on Wednesday night, so maybe you want to g- gather your family around on Wednesday at seven o'clock, and uh, join us on Facebook Live, and uh, let's let's just spend a little bit of time together. We'll talk about the Christmas story a little bit. I want to read it. I think there's something so special and powerful about it. And if you won't, if you won't let the nostalgia of 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 what we've made it to be. Uh, paralyze your thinking if you'll let this if you'll let the word of God speak in a powerful way man the Christmas story is an amazing thing and I'm, it, it is an amazing thing it's, it's a wonderful thing it's it's the staple one of the staple teachings that God came upon that young girl and she conceived having never known a man having never known a man I think that's a powerful thing because it it goes against all that the intellect can put together into the realm of only God. And but here's here's the truth, man. The, the, the birth means nothing without a powerful life. So Jesus wasn't just born, he lived a powerful life, miracles, signs, and wonders. But a powerful life means nothing without the death. Huh? Giving his life for it. But the death means nothing without the resurrection. And if Christ be not raised, our faith is in vain. But how many of you know, on the third day, he showed himself to be alive among many people, among many brethren, by many infallible proofs. Luke said, I love that. He's, and he's, he's risen. And you want evidence of the resurrected Jesus? Just look around the room. And if you got them two or three days, they'll tell you their story of how Jesus Christ transformed their life. Hey, I want to minister to you for just a few minutes today along our topic, are you ready? Are you ready? Now, I'll be honest with you. This, this message that I have today wasn't actually in my 
for what I thought I was going to preach. So this is fresh bread. If y'all are ready, say amen. amen. I do want to just back up for just a quick second and remind you, because it's been a couple of weeks when we launched this, asking are you ready? And what, even, even though many people would say I'm ready for what God has to do, I related it to the nation of Israel who had had more than 150 chapters in the Old Testament talking about the coming of the Messiah. And if you would have stood on some platform just before Jesus made his public ministry known and you would have asked, you would have asked all the Jews of Israel, hey, are you ready for God to move and the Messiah to come? I bet you there would have been a roaring, yes! But remember, only two recognized him right off of the bat other than his mom and dad, only two. And I related those to you, if you remember their name, one of them was Simeon and the other one was Anna. Simeon, the word Simeon means just devout and anticipation. Anna came through Asher, the tribe, which means happy and blessed, but she was 84 years old and was only married for seven years before she came, became a widow for the rest of her life. And I related that to try to help you to understand there's some people that can go through some things in their life and still be happy and blessed when they let God touch them. You ever seen anybody that's gone through something and it's their issue all the time? I'll tell you the, the problem with that is just not letting God do what God wants to do in your life. If you'll carry it all the days of your life, you'll always have an excuse to act and act out. But if you're tired of the devil manipulating what happened to you and let God use it for a testimony of his grace, if you'll give it to him, it won't be an excuse to break you down anymore. It'll be something that God does in your life that'll bring the blessing and the favor of the Lord on you. The joy of the Lord will come back in your life. Her name means, or she came through happy and blessed and her... her uh, her name means filled with grace. So that's what I preached on. Then last week preached a little bit about um, the whole reason Jesus came was so that we would not have to, what, perish. Perish. But have everlasting life. Today I want to talk to you just a little bit more. Are you ready for a move of God? And I know I used that title before, but this is going to be a, I don't know. I'm going to preach that a couple of different ways as God's put this on my heart. Here's what I want to focus on today. Question is, are you ready for a move of God? Are you really ready? Jesus is ready. The Holy Spirit is ready. Yahweh, Jehovah, Almighty God, he's ready. He stands ready to move in significant ways. But in order to recognize a move of God. You have to get in the realm of the Spirit. And I know I'm talking to a lot of Christians today, but the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. And if you don't discern spiritually, if I ask, are you ready for a move of God, you won't compare that to the heart of anticipation. You'll contrast it to just frustrations with the way things are in life. So we're just, I'm over the whole COVID thing. So yes, we need a move of God and God eradicate COVID. I'm over the whole fear thing. We need God to move because I want to see fear eradicated. 
Now listen, friend, I want to see God move because people get a relationship with the real resurrected Lord. And, and, and here, the chief end of a move of God is that the, the, the moral climate of a community elevates. Yeah, I know that kind of, that one, one guy got that in this room. Maybe the rest of you did and you didn't say anything to it. The chief end of revival is not your miracle. It's how your miracle impacts somebody else's life to say, I want that God. And when they have this God, they recognize that he is a holy God. Huh? And then you find out that the, the, the culture begins to shift as a result of a move of God. So let me ask you, are you ready for a move of God? Let me ask it one more time. Are you ready for a move of God? Well, I want to go from, to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation today. I want to point out a few things here about a move, a move of God. Ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit just like electricity or one of these lights have shorted out or something. But, no, I, I, it is spiritual. I do feel the Holy Spirit in this room. God wants to do something in your life today. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Are you with me? His mother, Mary, was engaged to, her, to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit can do what man cannot do. Mm. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. You know what I hope is happening in this room right now this morning before I read the rest of this? Is that every, every lie the devil tried to tell you, God is fixing in your mind right now. Every lie that the devil said Jesus Christ isn't real, I believe that the power of the Spirit of God in this room, God is starting to write something in your heart. And the Spirit of God is saying, you, got, you had it all wrong up until now. Uh huh? Come on, somebody. You know, when the enemy's been trying to lie to someone and saying all that shouting, all that hand lifting, all that shaking, all that miracle talk, that was for a biblical time and another day and it's just a story. But I, what I pray is happening in this room right now is that the Spirit of God. Mm, that the Spirit of God, a heavenly exchange is happening. Inside of your heart. Inside of you. How many of y'all know what that's like? You in church, you just minding your own business. You have all kinds of thoughts about your life and where you're going and how you're going to do it without God and how you got it all figured out. But you in church and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost starts talking to you. Starts dealing with you. And all of a sudden things that you thought were going one way, God begins to show you something different. God begins to place something different on your heart. Listen, when you run to God, he can fix a lot of messed up stinking thinking. Can you say amen? <coughs> can you say amen to that? 
says, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, not affirm them in them. Uh, emphasis added there. <clears throat> All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, oh, I love that too. When Joseph woke up, I mean, know the songs of the enemy will put you to sleep spiritually. An encounter with God will wake you up. Y'all work with me this morning. Y'all wake, say amen. amen. All right. If not, slap your neighbor upside the head and say, no, don't do that. Thank you, brother. When Joseph woke up, he did. Somebody say, he did. Obedience is better than sacrifice. It's going to take engaging from you. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. I mean, you know when the Holy Spirit comes up on you, you can't control your zipper. Can I say that in church? <clears throat> yes, I can. I want to give you some things for a move of God that I take out of this story that I hope that you'll be able to get because these are spiritual truths within the dynamic of a story whereby, can you imagine this girl, Mary? She's, she's maybe, she's just a young girl. She went to youth group and she's been at youth group. <clears throat> she had a powerful encounter with the Lord and she comes home and says, Daddy, man, church was awesome. Man, I had a move of God so powerful. Dad, I'm pregnant. What kind of crack smoke? No, I shouldn't say that. Can you imagine that? Friend, this real, I mean, I'm not sure that this actually happened in the way that I went to youth group, but what actually happened was that she had to say to people, I'm about to start showing, and I've done no wrong. I didn't, I didn't mess up here. God's just done something within me. God's done something so profound and it's of biblical proportions. Isn't that funny how we use biblical proportions as the magnitude with which to measure something's extraordinary experience of the spirit when actually in this last day God is pouring out his spirit and in the church it should be a regular occurrence. <clears throat> you with me? So, here, man, she's got to somehow come up with an explanation here of the which all she can say was that I had an encounter with an angel. And here she's just a young girl. And how many people you know probably, because we know how people are, talking about her. How many of you know she had to endure a lot of, somebody turning their back saying, you, you know what I'm saying? Looking down at her. There goes that lady that says she got that way and never had relationship with a man. That girl's 
Fru-fru. <clears throat> Stay away from her. See, the beauty of our story in the whole Chris, or the Christian expression is that this thing launched out of God's dynamic work and, and, and he's going to sustain it through his dynamic work. And that's why we want to lead a church of encounter so that people can have a true, authentic, genuine encounter with the Lord. So here's some things that I think that we got to do to make sure that we're ready for a move of God. We've got to have a proper perception. Joseph, looking at the natural, thought something happened that was not right. I find that most of our conversations happen on a purely experiential level with the world and our, our, the way we interpret our world and the way we want to hear God is purely through the perception of what we see with our eyes and friends sometimes that will lead us astray. For instance, we think we're in the middle of a pandemic but God says you're in the middle of an outpouring of my spirit in the last day. No, you're not hearing me. We think we're in the middle of a pandemic. Am I denying its reality? Absolutely not. Joseph couldn't deny the fact that this girl was pregnant. But he had to have a perceptional shift. You have a perceptional shift when you have an encounter with God. He has an encounter, man. It was in, his, it was in a dream, but he has an encounter that shifts his perspective. Friends, he was going to put this girl to the side. He was going to disregard her. Think about it. He was going to disregard his invitation to rear the Son of God as a child. He was going to forfeit the opportunity to have some of the earliest encounters with the God who created it all. He was going to forfeit having such an intimate relationship with God in the flesh as a result of his perception. And I think sometimes it's still true today. We'll have a perception. We'll have a perception that something bad is wrong. Something is not right. Where was the keyboard player? Where was this one? What was this one? Who was this one? What was happening with this? What was going on with the life? What was going on with this? And we start getting a perception that God must not be moving because something don't look like we think it ought to look. And so we get lost because we, see, the Bible says in Corinthians that the things of the Spirit are what? I heard it. I hear somebody whispering. Spiritually discerned. Comparing spiritual with the spiritual. You can't compare the spiritual with the natural. You'll miss it every time. Come on, somebody. You'll miss it every time. We went through an era in the church and it still happens to this day and I think it can be a powerful, powerful encounter with the Lord. But back in the 90s, the big thing for people having an encounter with God was shaking and falling out on the floor. 
How many of you know there was some stuff that shook and fell out in the floor that wasn't God? Talk to me. There was some stuff that was God, but how many of you know there was plenty that wasn't God? Because people wanted a spiritual experience without connecting in the realm of the spirit. Because you can't give your spirit man to all type of ungodliness and then come in and try to give your flesh to God and have something authentic come out of that. Nothing authentic will come out of that. Man, you got to surrender all the way at the realm and the level of the spirit man and say, God, this whole thing belongs to you. I want every bit of me to belong to you. It is in that that you step into the realm of the spirit And friends, in the realm of the spirit, you begin to see God doing things that your eyes, if you're not careful, would have deceived you before in seeing. Your eyes would have deceived you. They would have told you that if the numbers are off on a church service, we'll have less of God in the room. If this preacher's not preaching, God won't move like he would have moved. huh? If this person's not leading worship, God won't move. If they're not singing these kind of songs, God won't move. And the, and the scripture says that the spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And you've got to have an encounter sometimes with God to shift your perspective. Listen, if, you, if, you, if you're not convinced we're in a move of God right now, you need to have your perspective shifted. You need to stop looking on the external. You need to stop looking with your eyes. And you need to begin to see what the spirit of the Lord is doing. When Mary got the message of Jesus that he was going to save the world from their save his people from their sins, how many know he done it? Hello. But she responded on the promise. Sometimes you got to respond on the promise, huh? Because what we think a revival move of God looks like is every seat filled and no room to get in and miracle signs and wonders. And I would say, yes, that's what it looks like in manifestation, but it's got to start. It's got to start. You got to shift your perspective from the realm of faith. Huh? And when, when you receive the promise, that's where the miracle begins. That's where the move of God begins. And just like with a probably a natural pregnancy in the spirit realm, when you get pregnant with the promise of God, not your normal appetites can be those very things that make you sick. Like when you get your spirit man invigorated by the Holy Spirit, Nominal things, nominal church don't work for you anymore. Passionless praise don't work anymore. Powerless prayers don't work anymore. 
menial messages don't work anymore. Information without revelation doesn't work anymore. Ooh, I'm, I'm saying a word right now. Maybe y'all distracted because I'm walking around looking like a Christmas tree. I'm trying to give all the passion in my heart I possibly can. You, 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 friends, listen to me. You have to be, you have to respond to the promise of God. Listen, when, when God shifted the perspective of Joseph, he didn't rehearse the encounter that Mary had. He rehearsed the word of God. He pointed back to the Old Testament prophecy that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. You know why I'm telling you a move of God is present? Because I'm pointing back to Joel 2 and Acts 1.8. That in the last day, God would pour out his spirit. If you don't spiritually discern it, you'll walk about these last days wondering when God's going to move and the rest of us are going to experience a heavenly move of the living God. Come on, somebody. Yes, I'm not just talking hype. I'm not just trying to build you up. I'm trying to tell you that my God is on the move and he's never stopped. The problem is, is we get distracted. We get distracted politically. We get distracted with all types of stuff going on in our society and we don't stay focused in on the spirit realm. So therefore, the enemy can easily manipulate us away from the move of God into the realm of the move of man. And what man is doing. Mary tried to move there herself. How's this going to happen to me? I don't have a man. If a man starts something in you, it'll take a man to sustain it. But if God doesn't move in you. If God doesn't move in you, he's well able to sustain it. Come on, I have no man. I have no man. I have no man. God says, that's all right because it's not going to start with man and it won't end with man. The Holy Ghost is going to start it in you and bless God throughout the church age. The Holy Ghost will finish it. Oh, this is good preaching right here. About to make myself, these lights going to light up on, on there. You got to have the right perspective. Do you have that perspective? I understand, listen, we're human beings and I understand it's hard to maintain it. It is hard to maintain it because we live in a fleshly body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, however. And it is in the realm of this thing called Michael Booker thing. Called Michael Booker that there is this situation going on every single day of my life. And that is... To whom will I yield this vessel? And I wish I could tell you that I'm always successful at it. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that reminds me when I'm not. Hello, somebody. Because you and I, all of us can get manipulated over into the realm of the flesh real quickly. Huh? There's a few head shaking going on. But you can get manipulated over into the flesh real quickly. And the enemy can pull us all there real quickly. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that's here to remind us and keep us on track. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I don't know why anybody would resist the Holy Spirit. Because, man, he's, he's my saving hope. 
Jesus saved my soul, but what keeps me walking in the saved life is the Holy Spirit. Huh? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And he reminds me. And he has to shake me and say, listen, I don't care what you see in front of your eyes. You continue to contend and help my people to understand that they live in the last days and I'm still pouring out my spirit. Sometimes we, I seen a post by a guy the other day that bothered me a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. Because I, I recognize that what he's doing is trying to lay the move of God for any revival at the sovereignty of God alone. And I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that thinking. The reason I have a problem with that thinking in the context with which it was stated is because it removes man from the right or the, the opportunity to position in the way that God wants man to position for the move. Because here's what I believe. I don't believe that God just is sovereignly moving at Pensacola, sovereignly moving over here. I just think what happens is that somebody finally believes that God is wanting to pour it out in the last days. I just believe that a group of people didn't somehow get blessed and kissed by God and the rest of us to hell with us. I, what I believe is that a, position, a group of people finally realized it is the last day. God said he would pour it out and I'm not going to give my whole life to the world. I'm going to give it to the glory of God and let me see what God can do. And God says, right there it is. Somebody shifted their perspective and recognized that I really do stand behind my word, that I really am pouring out my spirit in the last day. I really am moving. Oh, I wish somebody heard me this morning. I just shifted some people's theology, especially if they're from the reform camp. Some people get that, some don't. That's okay. You, you, ha you have to have your perspective shifted. The Holy Spirit has to do a work in your life that shifts your perspective from just what you see with the natural eye. The second thing you have to have is present power. Present power. I've kind of done hit on this, but she became pregnant by the creative power of the Holy Spirit. This is a spiritual thing, friends. This is the whole reason why we're here today is hopefully that the Spirit of God would do something inside of you, not just shift your perspective, but begin to plant a seed on the inside of you. Plant a seed that you're willing to deal with the morning sickness. I remember when Sharma became pregnant with Taylor. She read something. Now, y'all have to remember, when, when we were first married, Sharon and I wasn't saved, okay? We weren't saved. Here's the reason I'm telling you that, because she read some superstition, okay? Some people still very superstitious. I, got, I, I relieved, Holy Spirit relieved my mind to have to be superstitious, as though finding a shamrock's going to help me, or finding the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or rubbing a stupid rabbit's foot or whatever else I'm thankful that God is ordering the footsteps come on somebody poor little rabbits get to keep on hopping around now I don't have to get trying to rub their foot y'all know what I'm talking about my wife and I weren't 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 saved and uh, she was pregnant with Taylor Man, morning sickness was terrible for her. 
I'm talking terrible. She heard, she read somewhere that if you cross over your husband while he's still asleep in the morning, he'll get the morning sickness and you won't. She believed that. She was willing to do anything. Bless her heart, she was so sick. She was so sick. I can't tell you how many mornings I woke up with her going like this. I mean, just like she's trying to get over just on the other side of me. Literally, I just roll out of the bed real quick. I'm like, uh-uh, sister. <laughs> I told you. Compassion. See, I wasn't, I, man, the Lord hadn't given me his compassion yet, okay? Don't judge me. <laughs> I was lost, okay? <laughs> that, that morning sickness, that shift in appetite was hers to bear. Here's what I know about that morning sickness. It only lasted for a brief period of time. It only lasted for a brief period of time. When God puts something inside of you that shifts your appetite and you think you're going to die from all of this seeking God, you know, this hundred days of glory that we're talking to you about coming up the first of the year that starts on January 1, and goes to April the 10th, I promise you that in that 100 days of 100 minutes a week of praying, of 100 days of fasting, crickets almost, not quite, 100 days of fasting, I'll explain it later, okay? You're not all going to wither away to nothing. We ain't going to take away everything. And no, I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm not demanding. I'm asking you to take a journey with me spiritually. In that 100 days, I promise you won't die. But I believe your appetite will shift a little bit. And the morning sickness will give way to expectancy as things begin to start taking shape from the realm of the spirit as God had intended it. In our lives. This is good. This is good. It is in that place, man, that I remember, I remember Charmin got through the morning sickness. And we would have so much fun. Sometimes I would lay my head on her lap and lay my hand on her stomach and feel Taylor moving around in there. I think to myself, does that hurt? Oh, my goodness. Because, like. You know, it would get like I could see her whole belly after a while contorting. I remember, unfortunately with Tanner, we had to have, uh, in, uh, to, for her to be induced, uh, the enemy tried to kill my son. Okay, just to be honest with you, the enemy tried to kill my son. We were asked to, you know, encouraged to potentially have an abortion because there was so much going on wrong with the embryonic fluids and so many tests that things weren't working out well for him. And they induced labor on my wife early. My son was born. He's perfectly fine. That's a whole different story in and of itself. But I remember, I remember packing the bags, getting ready, because we didn't know at the time that the water would break. We didn't know when all this was going to go about. I remember going to the Lamaze classes with her, learning how to breathe. That all goes out the door when the time comes. But 
I don't even know why they do that. But nonetheless, for somebody that needs to have their mind prepared. But I remember, I remember that morning. I don't know, it's probably 6 o'clock in the morning. She hits me and says, I think it's time to go to the doctor. And I said, are you okay? And she said, no, my water broke. And so I throw the cover back to jump up out of the bed. And, ooh, yeah, the water had broken. And, man, I was losing my mind trying to get to the hospital. Make it to the hospital. And you guys know that's had children, man, the birth of that child, it was life-changing for me. Totally life-changing. As the result of God's creative power, using procreation to have a child. The whole point of telling you this story is to help us to all understand that God does a work with inside of someone's life by the power of the Holy Spirit that continues to grow to produce something so life-changing and so powerful. And here's what I want to tell you. You can have the proper perspective, but you need the power of the Spirit showing up. Listen, we need the power of the Spirit in our services. Huh? We need the power of the Spirit of God. That's why we're going to do the 100 days of preparation because we believe that there's more to what God wants to do. We, we, listen, man, we've not arrived at all that God's going to do at Covenant Fellowship Church. We're not going to stop until this entire community. Shoot, we're not going to stop until Kingsport, Johnson City, Bristol, and the surrounding areas have a chance to encounter the real living God. I believe in the power of the Holy I know who can fix this region. It's the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, man. Ooh, hallelujah. Mm. The third thing, you got to have a power, a proper perception, present power, and a purposed perspective. He was about to change the entire course of his life based upon what he thought was an issue. Once you have a purpose perspective instead of a personal perspective, this is a word that I could preach all day long, a purpose perspective instead of a personal perspective. All of us have personal lives. We have personal things we've got to take care of. We have personal families. We have personal responsibilities. But I can tell you right now, we've got a, a we have got we have together got a purpose for all of us together. Not just individually. I had a staff meeting here a few weeks ago. I don't know when it's over a month ago. And in the staff meeting, I was talking about our shared influences. Our shared influences. Say it with me, shared influences. Here's what a shared influence looks like. It looks like because I have a relationship with you, we share one another's influences. If you have some friends because I'm your friend, I will easily be accepted in your friend group because of you. You will be because of me in my friend group. At the same time, I'll be easily rejected if that in your group you shift the way you re respond. You shift, you do something terrible wrong. 
Come on, somebody. It, it, it'll shift. if Man, if the police came in here today and took me by, the, by handcuffs and imprisoned me for embezzlement, it'll shift the way every person in this community sees you because you go here. By the way, we got leaders in here, oversees all this financial stuff. They can tell you, okay? Not, mm-mm. Okay? Hello. Illustrating a point. Probably not the best illustration. Maybe the shared influences is, y'all, y'all listen to that dude that wore that ugly, ugly, ugly jacket. I started to say, sure. Y'all, y'all here's, here's what I'm telling you. In terms of shared influences, in, in, in what God has called us to do together, an investment with that type of purpose moves us into God's will and plan for the present now. If you have a purpose perspective instead of personal, his personal perspective, can you imagine his personal perspective? Okay, so here he is. He's got to go home and take Mary home one night. Dad said, have her at home by 9 o'clock, and the donkey didn't break down. Because they bought it at the Ford store. But, Lord forgive me, did I just do that? The donkey didn't break down. So he gets her home at 9 o'clock. And maybe she didn't tell Daddy about the prayer meeting. Maybe she didn't tell daddy about the prayer meeting. She comes home and she walks through the door and daddy notices. Y'all, listen, can I tell you a quick story? Y'all going to see a picture of our family getaway. My two kids are here. I'm beside my wife. We're in front of a Christmas tree and my two kids are doing the heart on my wife's belly. She is not (laughs) pregnant, okay? She's not. It's going to be on social media because I know my kids. But, but she's not. I remember one Sunday morning, I wrote on there, hey, I, wanna, I need to announce to the church, Charmin and I are, are, are expecting. And everybody like, congratulations. Oh, no, we're going to have another baby. We're expecting a move of God this morning, by the way. <laughs> no, we're, we're not having children. But, but, but here, here's, 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 here's the deal. Daddy, she walks in, and Daddy's like, what's up with? My daughter, Joseph. Bro, I, I ain't touched her. Wait a minute, you're the only one been out with her. Bro, I'm telling you, I didn't touch her. And as time went on, Joseph trying to walk in his integrity, you know they started talking about him just as much as her. But he really loved her and he really cared for her. The Bible says he wanted to put her away secretly because he was, he was a person of integrity. But at a point in time, he starts looking at his personal perspective. Everybody's going to be talking about me. Everybody thinks I'm weird. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Everybody doesn't think I'm living for God like I'm supposed to. Everybody's got a judgment on me. Everybody's looking at this. But you know what? That encounter with God shifted him from a personal perspective to a purpose-filled perspective. I've got a great purpose in this, Joseph, because I want you to name this boy. I want you to name this boy because it's going to fulfill the scriptures that he is Emmanuel, God with us. 
Yeah, listen to me. Here's what my point is to you. I'm telling you what God wants to do from your life personally is awesome, but I'm telling you it's double awesome what he wants to do when you take part in a perspective that's not just all about your personal self. When, it's, when it has to do with the calling of God in a corporate body, it's amazing. Can you say amen to that? Let God move you from just what you can get out. Listen to me. When you have a personal perspective, you know what it'll turn you into as far as a churchgoer? A consumer. You'll have a consumer mentality. What can I get out of church today? What can the church do for me? I'm not getting fed. It's about me. But when you have a corporate perspective, a purposeful perspective, it's not about getting, it's about giving. It's about investing. It's about taking it to, because you recognize that my participation, my generosity, my gifts, my calling invested with the rest of us advances his agenda, not my agenda. It does what he wants to do, not what I want to do. And when he gets done what he wants to do, he takes care of all that I need. It's the principle of seeking first the kingdom of God. But you got to be careful that if you keep a consumer mentality, what did church do for me today? Did I get my word? Did somebody prophesy over me? It's got to shift, man. It's got to shift. And a move of God will begin to have you asking, what do you want me to do here, God? What is your purpose for me here, Lord? That's what it'll do. A move of God, an authentic move of God, will help you to move the focus off of you and move it onto His glory. And you'll begin to recognize your purpose and calling with inside of the body. Can you say amen? That's good preaching right there. That's good stuff. Yeah. And man, listen to me. It is in all of that that God began to move in, in, in Joseph's life like never before. And number four, here's the fourth thing. A powerful encounter, heavenly visitation. I've been talked a little bit about this because I got my points all tied in together here. But a heavenly visitation based on a biblical truth. God visited you this morning during worship. He poured his spirit all over you today. The question is, do you want a move of God? Do you want a move of God? Is God already moving? What's God doing in you? Stand with me this morning. Band, come on back up. Some maybe endured another church service. Some maybe said, well, that was nice. I like what they do here. Don't like what they do there. Wish this was shifted with this was different, all that sort of thing. You could just have been all in the natural realm the whole time. But I, what my real prayer and my real hope was is that, and especially those of you that call yourself Christians, were engaged in that realm of the Spirit who recognized that today God was visiting you 
and visiting you powerfully so that his perspective, his power, his purpose, his plan, his calling could be invigorated in your life. Simply put, is that your spirit man became pregnant with what God wants to do. And I, I know I'm using very practical terminology, but that's my, truly that's my hope. I hope you've not gotten to a place that you think you're all that you need to be in God or you've somehow arrived or, you know, you've got the box checked of my name's on the Lamb's Book of Life now. Check. I spoke in tongues when they prayed for me five years ago. Check. I prayed last week. Check. Because this is not a check off of a, of a list of things. This is a relationship whereby God by the Spirit has the right to impregnate your spirit man, your spirit person, with what he's wanting to do here and now and in the days ahead, especially in 2022 through this body. I hope you'll choose to say yes, Lord. I really do want to move with God. I hope you'll make a choice in that direction. I hope you'll make a choice like you've never made a choice for God at the highest level possible. I wish you really would. Some of you, I can see the destruction that lays right out in front of you because you refuse to choose God fully. What does that destruction look like? It looks like getting involved in this world, getting involved in this culture that is out to destroy your life. Some of you teenagers, I'm terrified for you because you don't choose God. I'm terrified for you because you play games with Him. Some of you adults, I'm terrified for you. I'm terrified because of the Christian cycle. A few years ago, I preached a series called Cycles. You need to go back and hear that because it's, it's, it's singing the same songs can you imagine the people of Israel dancing around the mountain? We're going to the promised land. We're going to the promised land. God has given us promise. We're going to have it all. He's going to give us houses we did not build, cisterns we did not dig, vineyards we did not plant. We're going to go. And then all of a sudden you've spent 40 years around the same mountain dying because you sung the song, but you didn't take the journey, friend. You sung the song, but you didn't let your faith arise to the call and the purpose of God to get over to the other side and take it. Mm, I feel the Holy Spirit so strong right now. So you need to choose God. And here's how I see it. This visual came to me. I want you to bear with me quickly. When I was in high school, I got to be a team captain during one of our physical education things. I was one of the team captains. Another guy that I knew was a team captain. And all the rest of the guys that was in gym class, and we actually had a couple of classes that had combined that day, and we, we were going to play basketball, and I, I know I don't look like a basketball player. I ain't always been this strong looking. <laughs> uh, so the, the deal is, I got to be a team captain. And it's, 
I get to choose first. I won the coin toss. I get to choose first. So I'm looking over the people. Can I tell you one of the people that was there? Some of you may not make reference to this at all. Some of you guys that's maybe around my era will get this just a little bit. But standing there that day was a player by the name of Calvin Telford. Calvin Telford played at ETSU from 88 to 92. He ranks as fifth in the all-time history of the college in 1,872 points. He was a Southeastern, he was on Southeastern Conference team champions all four years that he played there. He won the 1988 NCAA College Basketball Slam Dunk Competition. Calvin Telford's standing there, and I'm a team captain. I would be a moron if I didn't say I choose him first. I'd be an idiot. I played basketball with my best friends sometimes against Calvin. It would be two against one. We would play 21. So help me. I watched Calvin leap all the way over my best friend to slam dunk. Not even touch his head. I'm like, I'd be an idiot to be the team captain. Get to make the choice. Calvin Telford is standing there. There's a lot of other guys that can play ball, but not like this guy. I'd be an idiot if I didn't. When I said Calvin Telford, you know what my buddy did? Kind of like, who's left? Now, I know that didn't make everybody else feel so good, but come on. Calvin Telford, when we, he played he only settled down in basketball his last two years when he played football with us because that was my sport for the first time since 1972, which was the year I was born. Castlewood High School went to the regional playoffs because simply put, you could throw the ball up and Calvin would catch it because he could outjump anybody in our conference. He could outrun anybody in our conference because he was a heck of an athlete. I didn't know anybody like Calvin Telford. You get to make a choice because you're the captain of your team. And standing out is the Lord saying, right here, I'm available. I'm not going to call you a moron because that's not good for a pastor to call anybody a moron that didn't choose him. But I'm going to just say, if the shoe, no, <laughs> I'm just saying. Here's my point, man. What holds you back from being all in for God? This whole illustration breaks down because I'm almost sharing this as though he's a team partner. In terms of my life gets better if he's by my side. But in reality, only gets, you only get better if he's in you. Wouldn't that be something if Michael Booker could jump that high and win the slam dunk contest? All because Calvin Telford walked over and said, I'm going to get inside of you, boy. He'd have had a hard time lifting. Anyway, Calvin Telford was an extraordinary, extraordinarily good athlete. Here's my point. Choose Jesus. Please choose all in with the Lord. I beg you. I really do 
the proper perspective, you have present power, purpose perspective. Excuse me, a proper per- perception, present power, a purpose perspective, and a powerful encounter. Now, here's my heart's cry. I hope every Sunday is a powerful encounter for you. I want you to have the most powerful encounter you can have with God every Sunday. We as a church staff talk about this. We talk about atmosphere. We talk about prayer. We talk about seeking God. We talk about all in. We talk about all the things that we can to make sure that our hearts are at the place where the Holy Spirit utilizes through the anointing the vessels that are here so that the power of God really can be present. Because I do believe, listen, I do believe that God uses people in callings. And so the person might say, well, you don't have to do all that. God is already here because he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. You would be true. But I'd also say to you that he's omnipresent, but he's also all present somewhere. He manifests his presence I want to see God manifest his presence to you and for you so that you would say I'm all in with that right there I'm all in with him I'm all in with Jesus I'm all in with God I'm all in with the move of the Holy Spirit that's my prayer that's God's prayer for the whole reason he sent Jesus was that for man would be all in with him because he showed you that he was all in for you And that wraps up this episode of the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. For more information about who we are, please visit us at cfbristol.com or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We hope that you have a blessed day. And as always, just like we find in Isaiah 60 verse 1, We hope you arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.